0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our golden 20s. My name is Tegan, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sadie. Hello. And today we are talking about all of the different life lessons we've learned moving out on our own because it's that time of year again where lots of people are moving for school or this is when lots of apartments like go up for lease and that kind of thing so it's very topical and top of mind I think for people in their 20s
1: 100 percent, and I feel like we have such a range of like tips and tricks like maybe you're moving yeah. out in terms of like moving out of your childhood bedroom moving out of your parents house and into mm-hmm. a dorm room at college university we got you maybe you're mid to late 20s moving out on your own without roommates for the first time mm-hmm. again we got you I feel like regardless of what stage you're at regardless of what on your own looks like or moving out on your own looks like there's something in this episode for you. I just know it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and these are all the lessons
0: we learned that we're trying to pass on this knowledge so you hopefully don't make the same mistakes that we did. Yeah, or have to learn things the hard way, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think the first thing that I had written down, which was like one of the first realizations I had when I moved from like my small town into my dorm room was that you can truly do anything you want when you move out on your own like it just the first week hit me like I don't have to go to bed like I can just stay out all night or I don't have to eat dinner or I could have cake for dinner like the options are endless and no one's watching and no one honestly cares and It was like, yeah, like you said, the best feeling, very freeing. But then at the same time, it's almost like by the time I had that realization, I knew I didn't want to do those things. Like, yeah, yeah, I could stay up all night, but I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew like I could have an entire cake for dinner, but I knew I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But it is a very exciting realization.
1: Yeah. I feel like I went through that as well and it is extremely liberating, especially if yeah. you grew up in a house where there was a lot of things you couldn't do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I know my first week at college, how many people were like, I can just drink whatever I want to drink. And like so many people were like right. blackout drunk because it was just like so liberating. But yeah, obviously that's Slightly different than like eating ice cream for dinner, <laughs> which I've done on multiple occasions. But I feel like it's so liberating. However, it can get old really quick, you know, like yeah. eating ice cream for dinner every night. Like you can only yeah. do that for so long before you're like, okay, I feel like total trash. And like, yeah. I don't have to do anything. So I choose not to be a responsible adult. But eventually things catch up to you where you're like, you know what? I haven't done. Di- dishes in three days and now mm-hmm. I have no dishes left to use or like now my laundry's piling up because I've been neglecting doing it. So I feel like this is still something I like balance of when I want to be a responsible adult, which is 99% of the time, but yeah. not guilting myself when I do you know, want to not be responsible when I still want to eat ice cream for dinner, when I still want to, you know, skip dishes that night. So there yeah. definitely is a balance to it. But at first and finding that balance can definitely be overwhelming and maybe become a rabbit hole until you realize this life is not sustainable and I need to be yeah. a little bit more responsible with my time and <laughs> all the like responsibilities I have.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think the next thing that I had on my list of something I learned pretty early moving out is no matter how, like, alone or weird you feel, there is someone out there who is also feeling the exact same way. And I feel like this, I maybe felt more coming from a small town, like, feeling, like, the interest that I had, I felt like I was the only person in that town who had these similar interests but then it's like as soon as you move away you realize that of course like loads of people have those interests and loads of people feel the exact same way you feel about lots of different things and kind of in the same vein like there are people who are way richer than you are And there are people who are way poorer than you are. There are people who are way larger, people way smaller, who are more popular, more lonely. Like, I feel like as you expand your circle and learn more about the world, it really clues you in to like, your experiences aren't as like lonely as you maybe Mm -hmm. think they are.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a great point to make. I also think sort of, In the sense of you're not alone in this, having somebody to call and talk to when you Mm -hmm. do move out on your own is really key as well and I was lucky where I had a great relationship with my parents and I have two older sisters who had gone through everything before I did when it came to moving out on your own and going to college university in a different town so I had you know family to talk to but maybe it's your roommate if you're moving in with somebody for the first time or just a close friend a therapist mm-hmm. whatever I think it is important to have somebody that you can like talk to about this stuff but also just I think I Just said to you guys that I have two older sisters that went through this before I did in terms of moving to university first. And I remember still living at home and they would call. This was like the days of the landline phones. Mom mm-hmm. didn't have a cell phone. They would call the house and be like, hey, I just have a quick question. Like my oldest sister was like, hey, is mom home? I just want to ask her how to cook canned corn. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like literally somebody you can ask the most dumbest questions to or just like chat things through with as you do yeah. them on your own. I feel like that is underrated and you might feel silly asking these questions, but- If you have somebody to like chat it all through with, it makes the experience, well, it comforts you throughout the experience, even if it feels a little silly and ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think the next thing that I had on my list as far as like my big realizations was how quickly your money goes and how expensive Mm -hmm. life really is. Because it's no longer like, if I run out of money, I'll go upstairs and ask my mom for 20 bucks.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: when I was out of money, I was out of money. And so that made me reprioritize a lot of things. And it also meant that I was in charge of saying no. It's not like, I ask my mom, can I go to this concert? She says no. Oh, I'm saving the money. It was up to me. I could just say yes to mm-hmm. everything and put it yeah. on a credit card. But obviously... You don't want to do that.
1: Yeah. That'll catch up to you sooner or later. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And the other thing is you
0: probably can't afford all of your furniture on one shopping trip. You probably mm-hmm. can't afford a whole new wardrobe because you're moving out. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. as sad as that is, you have to kind yeah. of reprioritize and paying rent and food is probably more important.
1: Yeah, I feel like especially furnishing your first apartment or mm-hmm. furnishing your first grown-up apartment outside of your college university dorm room, like that is a huge reality check. Like I watch so many YouTubers and like they mm-hmm. redecorate every apartment that they move into. They buy everything yeah. all at once. They're shopping at CB2, West Elm and you're just like Yeah why can't I do that? And it's like, well, they are not really telling you how much money this is costing them, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything's perfectly designed for the space and measured for the space. And it's like, that's not realistic for your everyday 20 year old girly, especially living in an expensive city all on their own. So definitely a good reality check for sure. Something in terms of money that came to mind for me is how you are responsible for your rent. You're responsible for all of your bills. And these are things that are big responsibilities and you need to pay on time and take seriously. So Mm -hmm. I know, Tag, you talked about prioritizing, but those sorts of things should be your number one priority when you are moving out on your own. So something that I do to make sure... They remain top of mind and remain my priority are just literally writing in my agenda or sending reminders in my phone when things are due so I don't miss them or so I keep in mind to have that money ready to pay them. Otherwise, you could also set up automatic payments, which I definitely have done for some bills that I have. If they're like the same amount every single month, it'll be the same. But just a tip for you to keep your priorities straight.
0: Yeah, I think just in general, it's a good idea to put a system in place to remember things. So when I was in university, I had like a big wall calendar that I wrote everything down on. After university, I moved on to GCAL, which, you know, I'm like obsessed with. Mm -hmm. And it's like you can put any reminders in there, due dates, plans with friends, anything. Like, I think you have to have a system because if you're just relying on your memory, something's going to get missed. You're going to drop the ball.
1: Yeah. 100%. And like, for me, things are consistent every month. Like my rent comes out on the 15th every month. My yeah. phone bills do on the fourth every month. My internet's due on the 15th as well. My hydros yeah. due at the like 30th, like it's every month, but Like Mm -hmm. I was just saying, like they're all different days in the month where it's really easy to lose sight of what's next or what have I paid, what is still pending, that sort of thing. So definitely find a system to keep you organized. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think one thing that was huge for me, so a little background on me and how I grew up. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad was a self-employed contractor or like construction worker worker. Mm -hmm. very, very handy to say the least. So I feel like I was super well equipped to move out on my own without my parents because they instilled, my mom instilled how to cook and clean and do laundry Mm -hmm. and stuff while my dad taught me very like basic handiness skills. So moving out on my own, I was like, okay, I feel prepared for this. I feel more prepared than maybe some of the other people that I met in college and university. (laughs) Yeah. So my one, probably my biggest tip, if you're moving out for the first time from your parents' house, I would definitely suggest trying to learn the basics before you actually move out. And this mm-hmm. is, you know, how to do laundry, basic cooking and cleaning, you know, like what types of cleaning supplies should I buy? Basic cooking in terms of how does an oven work? You know, like yeah, things like this. What is like an average temperature to cook chicken at? Like, you know, just literal basic things as well as, You know, maybe handle a hammer before you go off to school, (laughs) figure out how a screwdriver works, understand how a fire extinguisher works. Like, these are just like basic basics that I feel like will help you down the line. And if your college experience is like mine, you might even have something to brag about because maybe people don't know how to do these basic things and you're the one teaching them how to do it, you know? It was just so funny going to college, university, and people were like, wait, you know how to make muffins? Wait, you know how I to know. do this? And it's like, yes, like, and this yeah. is how you do it, you know? So yeah, take advantage of your parents while, <laughs> while you're still yeah. living there to figure it out rather than doing it all on your own for the very first time away from them.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, we probably have people listening who are like, everyone knows how to, cook and clean like what are you talking about but li- one of my roommates didn't know how to make pasta yeah like there are people out there who enter the world who do not and like have not entered a kitchen before yeah so like do not put yourself in that scenario because you will reach a point yeah. say even in their defense they had a meal plan for school but then it's like school ends eventually
1: yeah exactly and you're going to be stuck if you
0: don't know how to make
1: pasta. Yeah. I had the same thing with the laundry room. Like Mm -hmm. people being like, where does my laundry soap go? Like, and I understand there's a few different ways you can use laundry soap. Okay. But still I was like, okay, well, do you have your soap? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. then we'll figure it out. Like, or I don't know, it just makes it if you have a base before moving out, it just makes things less overwhelming once you're out on your own, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think also speaking of the basics, just some like essential things to have. So while like preparing for this episode, I was literally walking around my apartment being like, what are things that I would recommend people have as like a moving out starting kit? And I kind of like broke it into a few different categories. The first was I already talked about being handy and I don't think you need to be super handy, but having like basic hand tools, like a hammer, a screwdriver, mm-hmm. maybe Allen keys, you know, typically those come with like a furniture you have to assemble from Ikea, tube, wherever you're shopping. Yeah. But I feel like having those basic things. So when you get your first set of furniture, you're able to assemble it. Or if you want to yeah. hang a picture on the wall, like you have something to help you do that. Even other things like a toilet plunger, like things that Mm. you maybe would oversee, but you would need at some point, like just set yourself up for success. So that was kind of the first category of essentials. The second is more of a medical side of things. So putting together a little first aid kit or a medical kit. Mine Mm -hmm. is actually this red box. It's so cute. I'm obsessed with it, even though it sits (laughs) in my drawer and nobody sees it, but it's like a red box with a white cross on it, like literally Mm -hmm. first aid, but it's this little tin tin and it's so cute, but it just has, you know, things like band-aids. You never know when you're going to cut yourself really Mm -hmm. bad, rubbing alcohol to prevent infection, maybe Benadryl. Like one of my biggest fears living on my own without roommates or anything is maybe I like not accidentally, but develop an allergy randomly one day and need a pop of Benadryl, you know, like things Mm -hmm. like that, keeping the basics for medical stuff in case of emergencies, don't overlook that as well as your basic, you know, Advil, those sorts of things. In the kitchen, I definitely recommend having essential baking ingredients and spices. This is really if you are somebody who has the basic cooking skills or is wanting to cook at home more often than not, these things do feel like a big expense. Like for instance, you know, every little jar of spices between Mm -hmm. five to $7, like that really adds up quick, but it's just something you need to buy once and have for a long time. So it really is worth investing in upfront. Same with cleaning supplies. I feel like, you know, just having your basic all surface cleaner, having paper towels, a toilet cleaner, you know, things like that. Baking soda, which is, comes in clutch for so many things as does vinegar, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, basic cleaning supplies make sure you have those prior to moving out and on the cleaning topic I also recommend rubber gloves and Mm -hmm. I don't say this I never clean with rubber gloves so I don't say it quite as a cleaning supply however rubber gloves my mom taught me this make you so much braver (laughs) (laughs) handling anything you don't want to handle so if it's like I just killed a bug and now I have to pick it up like Mm. I feel so much more confident if I'm wearing rubber gloves to do that if it's doing my like least favorite chore in the house, which is cleaning my shower drain. It's my Mm -hmm. own hair, but pulling that shit out, it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Putting on rubber gloves, I'm able to do it. So I also recommend adding rubber gloves to your essential kit. And the last essential, sorry, I've been talking forever, but this one's (laughs) super (laughs) important. Save the best for last. It is a rubber grip cloth thing. I don't know what it's actually called, but probably if you look up rubber grip cloth, something will come up (laughs) but it's essentially to help you grip jars or bottles and things that are really tough to open just gives you a grip and lets you open them more so again if you're on your own and you don't have you know roommates or family members to pass this jar of spaghetti sauce around to to finally get it the lid off and you need to do it on your own this little rubber grippy has come in clutch so many times Another, even, like, taking my water bottle lid off, the water bottle lid that I put on the water bottle myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes need the rubber grippy for that. Or pro tip, and then I'll pass it on to you, Tag, (laughs) is knocking that, like, lid of a jar with a knife before trying to open it and, like, breaking the seal. That's also super important. So, anyways, all of this is to say get that rubber grip cloth as part of your essential kit. (laughs)
0: Even just normal, like, rubber gloves work. Like, sometimes if yeah. my jars are stuck, I use, like, the end. Like, not, like, it feels gross. Ooh, yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah. use, like, your rubber gloves you used in the toilet, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. But sometimes the end of it, because it's the same idea where it just, like, sticks. You need a grip. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, Ikea sells, like, a basic tool kit. And I think it's like Mm. 10 bucks and we got one when we moved and it's like a hammer, a screwdriver, I don't know, some like two or three other things. I think it was like 10 bucks and it fits like on a bookshelf or under, you know, your kitchen sink. Like that's all you need.
1: Yeah, exactly. Another thing on the tools that just came to mind while you're talking is like a Mm -hmm. tape measure or a measuring tape where like if you're measuring out what furniture you need for your space, Or Mm -hmm. what size frames you want to order for art on your walls. Like that's come in clutch a lot for me as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Even like a level. A lot of times levels are like built into things. But for like hanging art. Yeah. um, If you're allowed to hang art in your house. 100%. Yeah, I think the next thing I wanted to talk about was keeping all of your sort of like important information safe and together. So when you sign your lease, knowing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be paying and keeping that document safe, because this is a legal document Mm -hmm. and to know your landlord's contact information, knowing what is your responsibility versus what theirs is because Mm -hmm if something breaks and you try and fix it as a tenant, you could actually be doing like a lot of harm for yourself. If it's actually like the landlord's responsibility and even just knowing your rights as a tenant, like when I moved out for one of the places I moved into, I paid a deposit and then learned later that that was illegal where we live. And I was like, Oh, well I didn't know. And I, this all came to be because he didn't want to give me my deposit back. And I looked it up and was like, oh, he couldn't, but I already had given him the money, right? So it's like, look into this stuff before you're paying hundreds of dollars to a stranger you just met through like Kijiji or wherever you found your landlord. Yeah. And yeah, like know where your breaker is, what to do if you blow a fuse, how to shut off your water, where your fire exits are, like maybe that's a nerdy thing to say, where your fire extinguishers are stuff that you don't want to have to be figuring out in an emergency.
1: Exactly. 100%. I think on the topic of emergencies, I got this little paper in the mail and it had like all the emergency or important phone numbers that you need to know like in your area. So there was just like local police, crime stoppers, you know, like just things like that where you have – other phone numbers besides 911. So I definitely recommend having that sort of information accessible in case of an emergency as well as obviously your landlord contact information.
0: Mhm. Even just having like things set up on your phone like having emergency contacts like I remember yeah. like when I got my new phone I set it up to be like, if I press a certain button five times, it automatically dialed the police and told my mom and my husband, my location and stuff like that. Like, it's really easy to set up these tools to make yourself safer. I know it sounds paranoid, but it's better to be paranoid than like murdered. So (laughs) 100 be paranoid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Another thing on my list and this has been especially bad, like I'm borderline OCD about it ever since living on my own without roommates, is keeping my door locked at all times. And especially before I go to bed, I probably check that my door is locked at least 10 times before I actually lay down and can go to sleep. And even if I know I checked it and I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I checked it, but I don't remember checking it. I'll get up and check again. So Mm -hmm. I think obviously having a routine in place where you know, you know, you're taking care of yourself helps. And having those systems in place obviously helps as well. But just something to keep in mind as well. Keep your door locked at all times to feel safe and secure in your own home. And if you do feel unsafe, say you live in a sketchy neighborhood or just your buildings had a lot of like sketchy behavior lately, it's mm-hmm. totally okay to also buy things like pepper spray, keep them in your house, you know, or my parents had like a baseball bat growing up because we're in Canada where guns are illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah. So maybe
1: to our America listeners, it sounds dumb, but like having something you can use if you feel unsafe and you can use as like a weapon or something. I feel like there's no harm in doing that. However, you do you. Whatever feels right to you.
0: Yeah. Pepper spray I will say is illegal in Canada. So for our oh, Canadian yes. listeners, this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> for the Americans, <laughs> it's a free for all down there from what I could see. So you can have all of the I even see like keychains and stuff that are like stabby
1: and, you know. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Yes. Just take care of yourself. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think too, this is something that I've done a few times and it's typically when I'm like going away for a long period of time is just giving my friend or a family member, typically it's somebody though in the city, a spare key to my apartment so they can check in on things If they need to, or if something comes up in my apartment and I'm away, like there's somebody who can access my apartment still. And again, this is more just on the emergency side of things. Honestly, even this is so dumb and, and story I never wanted to tell anybody, but even just giving your friend a key to your apartment if you one day get locked out you know what I mean like one day I came home from the bar so drunk and I have like a passcode on my door to get in and I put Mm -hmm. it in wrong incorrectly too many times where it just like locked me out and I was like oh my gosh and since I had passcode. I didn't have like my actual key to let me in. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just sit outside my door for a few minutes. (laughs) Again, this is a story I never wanted to tell anybody, but (laughs) for some reason you guys brought it out of me. I was like, I'm just going to sit on like the floor in front of my door for a few minutes, see if it resets. And if not, I'm going to have to call my friend (laughs) who has my spare key to let me into my own apartment. Luckily it did reset and I was or I don't think it reset. I went through my purse and I found I did actually have my key or something oh, happened okay. where yeah. I managed to get back in. But it's like, you need to be able to have somebody who can yeah. help you if needed. Yeah. <laughs> or just even don't get like, that drunk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, or even having like a spare key for your car. Like. Yeah. Because it's like, it saves you money. You're not calling a locksmith. Like it's yeah, a lifeline. Exactly
1: yeah i don't know if i recommend hiding a key to your apartment outside of your apartment like mm-hmm. i feel that's something maybe people do in small towns but i would never feel comfortable doing that yeah no. in the city but if that works for you there you go something else you can consider yeah oh exactly. my goodness
0: yeah yeah so we just got a camera for our house oh yeah that's a good like- option too yeah new experience a lot of like doorbells nowadays have like cameras in them and stuff like and they can tell you like your package has been delivered or you can like speak through them which is kind of cool so and and they're like really cheap like ours we got was super cheap so
1: yeah look at you you're living in the 21st century i'm like give a key to your neighbor when you go away (laughs) you're like bitch use some smart home devices you don't need the neighbor (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing I wanted to say, if you're going away and like the type of person who's stressed about like, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? Take a picture of it locked. Yes. Or it's the same like if you're like, did I unplug my hair straightener? Did I unplug it? Take a picture of it like unplugged and then you're like, okay,
1: now I don't have to worry. Yes. I love that.
0: Because I'm the same. It was the worst when I was like commuting for work. As soon as I'd get on the bus, I'm like, did I lock the door? And I was like, I literally cannot remember anything from this morning. Like, all I remember is yeah. me getting onto this bus. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. So That's the one thing about having routine. Like, I am somebody that's yeah. always paranoid about locking my door when I'm inside and outside as well. So yeah. as soon as I leave, like, it's an automatic routine exactly. to lock the door behind me. But I don't yeah. even process. I do it anymore. Right. So. Yeah. Taking that moment, if it's taking a picture, my sister recommended to me once just say it out loud, like I'm yeah. locking the door, and then you're like actually processing what you're doing and you're able to yeah. remember it. But yeah, great, great tip. This is kind of random, but the other thing that I'm probably, it's probably my least favorite part of living on my own is dealing with bugs. And it's always, mm. you know, at night when everybody else is sleeping and you can't make a big deal about this bug in your apartment. Yeah. (laughs) People are probably listening like, this is so dumb, but maybe you relate (laughs) as well. That's when the biggest bugs are like, you know, you're just about to turn your light out, go to bed, and there's this huge bug on your ceiling. And you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So what I have done, especially since I no longer live with roommates. Having roommates, it was good where none of us wanted to deal with bugs, but you could Mm -hmm. at least like hype each other up and deal with it together. Do it together. When my yeah, yeah, when my friend moved out, I was like, okay, I really hate this. Like, I remember the first bug that was in my apartment. I was like, I have no choice but to kill it myself. Like, how am I gonna do this? So I bought a fly swatter, and guys, it is literally the best investment ever from dollarama like just (laughs) buy it you can get it from a far away you know Mm -hmm. also having a spray on hand like a bug spray like raid of some sort just so again you don't have to like actually get too close obviously raids like very poisonous and you don't want to overuse it but it does come in clutch for those big monsters you don't want to get too close to (laughs) (laughs) or my sister when she lived on her own she swore by vacuuming bugs up with her vacuum which I haven't had to do but I do find Mm -hmm. that quite funny and then just like dumping them in the toilet or something flushing them and you don't even have to like deal with touching them but there's my tips for dealing with bugs if you live completely on your own (laughs) love it
0: yeah my cats eat all our bugs so we're set
1: Oh my god. I, I feel like
0: so.
1: Yeah, when I got a cat I was like, "Okay, girl, this is your responsibility in the family, okay? You deal yeah. with the bugs. I will make the money, I will do the groceries. All you need yeah. to do is deal with the bugs." But she doesn't I don't know. She goes after them, but my problem is she treats Small and big bugs the same. Where like she'll just like go crazy after them, and I'm like, I need you to alert me only when it's a big bug. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I also they're always up on the ceiling where she can't get them, and I'm always like, oh god, this is up to me, and this sucks. But pets also are great for that too. Yeah,
0: we once had a centipede on our ceiling roof, like a huge one. I I've never even like seen one of those.
1: Oh my gosh, really? Before
0: like I don't know and I was like half asleep so I thought I was dreaming and then I sent Tyrell my husband to go get it and he couldn't find it and then we just couldn't find it just had to accept that it was in our room and I was looking up like can centipedes hurt you and they're like yep they'll bite you and I was like okay great and then we just never saw it again so
1: oh my gosh I hate yeah. centipedes so much. I've dealt with them quite a lot, especially when, right after I graduated. I lived in a basement apartment, and they're especially oh, yeah. bad in basements. But that's the one thing. If there's a bug, I will always kill it because I will never yeah. just let it go and then like surprise me later on or like chance <laughs> crawling into my bed when I'm sleeping. So right. I'm like, nope, we got to figure yeah. this out. Centipedes yeah. do move so fast though. That's why I hate yeah, them so much, but they crazy. are hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good I with also, most like, bugs, kept, but yeah. I also went centipedes. through a time in my life where I kept a pair of shoes in every room because I just used shoes to squish bugs, but okay, now I have yeah. my fly swatter. I'm like this is much yeah. more You're set. manageable than shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I feel another kind of fun one on my list is to always keep wine in the house. And I learned this quite early on of living on my own. But first of all, you just never know when you're going to need a drink. It's always Mm. when you don't have wine in the house where you're like had the roughest day and you're like, I just need a glass of wine. So keep it in the house for those types of days. But it's also really great to have, you know, wine. If you have people come over or just like pop over unexpectedly, you have something to offer your guests And the number of times, too, that I've been invited out and then right when I'm heading out the door, I'm like, oh, I don't have like a hostess gift for this party. And I'll just grab, you know, the bottle of wine off my bar cart, obviously an unopened bottle and take that with me. Like it's just saved me so many times. So now one of my biggest rules living on my own is to always keep wine in the house.
0: Yeah, even kind of similarly is I have a box of like generic cards and it is like one of the best oh, yeah. purchases I've ever made. Like I, it has blank cards and then like sympathy, congratulations, happy birthday, just like I'm thinking of you cards. Yes. Because the amount of times where it's like, oh, we're going to so-and-so's birthday tonight. I don't have a birthday card. That means I have to go find one. Like it's just too much. If you have them on hand for emergencies, then it's perfect. And it's the same, like a sympathy card that just comes up unexpectedly to have them there. Then you can just mail it off so easily. And it's not like a whole big thing. So I highly recommend everyone pick up just even just blank cards I've gotten in the past. And that's better. Than nothing.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's like the next level of adulting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have thank you cards and I thought I was doing good with that, but I need the blank ones that can be any yeah. occasion because yeah, yeah, the number of times I'm like, "Oh no, I have to find time to buy a card before I get I know, to wherever yes. I'm going." Like it's so stressful.
0: Yeah, such a pain. Mine are Rifle Paper Company and they're just yeah, like perfect.
1: Yeah. So cute. Perfect,
0: perfect, perfect.
1: Yeah. Another thing that I think you should always keep in the house, especially when you live on your own and there's nobody to cook for you, is non-perishable food items. Mm. Keep them in your pantry. So these are things like you know, peanut butter. These are, my family's a huge peanut butter family. So that's number one on my list, but also things like pasta, pasta sauce, Mm -hmm. canned soup, a box of mac and cheese, like those sorts of things. These are great, obviously for when, you know, you're feeling lazy, you don't have time to cook, you don't feel like cooking. Those are the days you don't want to be an adult. I still have those days despite living on my own for almost like eight, nine ten years, however long it's been. So those days come around. But yeah. also if you have a week where you don't have time to grocery shop or you are away for the weekend, you didn't have time to pick up groceries before jumping into a new work week, you at least have something to get you by for a few days and then just restock those basics as you eat them up kind of thing. So keep that yeah. pantry stocked with non-perishables.
0: Yeah, even think of things as what are items you need to have in your house that if you wake up tomorrow like dying of a cold and you're like I don't want to get out of bed I can't go to the shop what do you need like do you need cold medicine okay have that on hand do you need like cans of soup have that on hand all the things like that you have to think from like the perspective of what if I don't want to leave my house because you aren't you know your mom's not going to run to the grocery store for you If you're, like, truly on your own, you have to take care of yourself. So have the items there and ready.
1: Yeah, 100%. I also think when it comes to, like, looking out for yourself, I think having a cleaning schedule in place is also really Mm -hmm. helpful. So we kind of going back to the beginning of this episode where we're talking about, you don't really have to do anything. Like there's nobody holding you responsible to cleaning your room once a week or doing the chores around the house. I think it's easy to just brush off these cleaning tasks or to procrastinate them, but you feel so much better when you just stay on top of things. And again, this will come with practice and looks like different for everybody. It'll be like feeling out what works for you, what Important to you. But for Mm -hmm. me, I have, you know, tasks that I do every single day, like making my bed, doing the dishes, putting things away weekly, like taking out the garbage, vacuuming. And then monthly, where it's maybe like dusting and actually washing Mm -hmm. my floors, cleaning my cat litter box, all those things. So just figuring out a schedule, I think, will really help you, especially if you're in charge of doing. All the cleaning tasks in your house, it breaks yep. things down to make them a little more manageable, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I think one of my last things on my list for things that I've learned living on my own, and it's, I've learned that it's probably more common than not when you're completely on your own, no roommates, nobody else in the house to just put yourself in front of a screen. And this Mm -hmm. is, you know, scrolling TikTok, scrolling Instagram, or you go all day working and then you put on the TV right after work because you just want to kind of fill the empty or not emptiness, sorry, the quietness in your house. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's normal. But a lesson I've learned is to be mindful of that screen time because it can become a lot. It can become very draining too when you just jump from screen to screen all waking hours of the day. So just be mindful of that and carve out screen-free time, especially if you live on your own. So for me, this is often when I'm cooking, I have no screens, just play a podcast, play some music. um, And that's kind of screen-free time to just you know, let my eyes kind of break and focus on something else. Could also be reading. I read before mm-hmm. bed, getting out for a walk, all these sorts of things that don't require a screen. Make sure you're working them into your daily routine or whatever routine works for you.
0: Yeah. It's like the reminder of treat yourself like you would a small child. Like you wouldn't put a child in front of like a screen for 15 hours a day. Yeah. And you are just a small child in a big body. So, you know, take yourself for a walk or read a book or,
1: you know. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely days like yesterday actually was a great example where it was just so hot. I felt like doing absolutely nothing. I had a list of things to do, but I was like, I'm just not feeling like doing anything. So I just gave myself time to literally... I finished work, I watched TV, I scrolled TikTok. My phone screen time was the highest it's maybe been in weeks or months. So I was like, it's fine because this is one day out of the week or out of the month, whatever it is, to just be in front of screens and like waste away the day in a sense. But then today I'm like, okay, no, now it's time to be more mindful. So definitely be gentle with yourself and it doesn't need to be, you know – don't be on screens ever if yeah you have a crazy lonely day okay sure turn on your tv bounce from screen to screen but just don't make that the norm
0: yeah well there's no for like a lot of this stuff there's no like morality in any of it like if you don't have a cleaning schedule that doesn't make you a bad person if you totally. want to spend your time unwinding with the screen that doesn't make you a bad person and vice versa Just because you have a cleaning schedule, that doesn't mean you're, like, a grown-up or it doesn't mean you're a good person. Yeah, Yeah. it's all, and, like, when you're moving out for the first time, it's kind of like experimentation to figure out how you actually want these, like, your life to look and how all of this fits into your new life.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually a great spot to end this episode with because I think you know as much as we can tell you these are lessons we learn this is what works Mm -hmm. for us what doesn't obviously you can take whatever resonates with you and leave the rest because probably not everything does resonate with you or might sound out of reach and you just need to find what works for you so definitely keep that in mind be gentle with yourself and just remember you got this regardless if it's where you're at in your life, how old you are, where you're moving to, you can do this. We believe in you. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. Well, that is where we're going to leave it for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. We drop a new podcast episode every Tuesday. So be sure to follow us and subscribe to us to make sure you see when we drop those episodes don't miss an episode. You can also find us on social media. We're at our golden 20s on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. We have Spotify playlists, and we also have a Patreon community, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. So thank you again for listening, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye!